Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah. DJ Clue, DJ Clue, Death of Storm, Storm, The Rock, The Rock, The Rock. This shit right here, shit right here. The Rock Army, Dame Dash presents, presents the Dream Team niggas, niggas. Word, word. What's up, y'all? Yo, this is Dame Dash, the CEO. <laughs> here to welcome y'all to the Dream Team. What y'all niggas thought I was gonna rap? Never. I'm just a little mad at niggas coming at my neck like my teammate, the best in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like we ain't got beans. Free O's, 
Sparks and Mac Mitten. I'm 95 South, no doubt, Mac Flippin'. I stack chips in, I'm sack sippin'. Green baton loafers, hack drippin'. I go retrieve a duck, tell her proceed and suck. I don't just beat my cases, I beat em up. My lawyer eat em up, put bars behind me. I'm glad they didn't stop that car behind me, shit. It had three felons, gun shooters, no. 50 cal, 80 people, stupid joke. Don't be stupid, though. I get thriller, man. I'm for real, man. Yeah, still a care. Uh, dipset, bitch. Wyndham 
championship in North Carolina. Uh, a month later, he underwent a second microdiscectomy, then had another follow-up procedure on his back a few weeks later, and since he has not played a competitive round of golf in over 365 days, he has since dropped in the world rankings to 711th in the world. Um, updates on his progress have been scarce this year. Fans have been left to see the tea leaves at the woods made various appearances in his home simulator, on the range at a junior clinic, at his uh, course opening, and at media day for the Quicken Loans National Research. Uh, the update came July the 19th when his agent Mark Steinberg told GolfChannel.com that Woods would not play the rest of the season and that he would continue to make progress and will continue to rehab and work hard to then assess when he starts to play for the 16-17 And so now it looks like it could happen this fall. Uh, the last time Woods actually played the, uh, the Open, which is formerly known as the Fives.com Open, uh, he only played it once. It was back in 2011. He had uh, committed to play the event last year as part of an agreement with the PGA with the PGA Tour Commissioner with the PGA Tour Commissioner that allowed Woods and seven other players to participate in an exhibition in Turkey in 2012, but he later withdrew in the uh, the Turkish Open Airlines Open is the final the first leg of the final series of the European Tour, and then uh, which uh, culminates the DP World Tour Championship. Uh, so yeah, it looks like uh, Tiger Woods. Uh, who has not again not played in over a year? Looks like he's on his way to making a comeback. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. We'll see if his if his progress leads him to a fall, and hopefully he'll be back. Uh, hopefully, yeah. uh, 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 quick three. Um, as you know, a couple weeks ago we talked about Tim Tebow working out for a few, for 27 of the league's 30 uh, baseball teams um, over in Los Angeles, and they were, he had performance. well, apparently one of those teams liked, like, really liked his performance because they are were considering signing the former NFL quarterback to a minor league contract after meeting with him following his workout earlier this week. Pedro Gomez of ESPN reported Saturday that sources confirmed the Atlanta Braves of the National League East have definite interest in the uh, in the outfield of the last played organized baseball 11 years ago in 2005. Uh, Josh Peter of USA Today said there were mixed reviews after the session, with one American League scout saying that it was a complete waste of time, while another scout from the NL had a more favorable assessment, saying that it was better than he than, uh, that person expected. Thibault um, had one hit six play appearances against former Major League reliever Chad Smith in the workout. Uh, but, yeah, it looks like the Braves uh, are interested in signing for a minor league deal. The Braves will be a nice landing spot as they already own one of the league's top five farm systems, according to Bleacher Report's Joel Ruder. It also helps that Atlanta has a big following throughout the Southeast, where the Florida Gators quarterback rose to stardom in college. So it looks like Tebow could end up playing baseball. Uh, he could end up playing baseball uh, regardless, but we'll have to wait and see. 
And the uh, final story in the quick three is a celebratory one. It was on this day. Well, not this day, but it was on September the 6th, 21 years ago, that a record that many thought would never, ever be broken was broken. I'm talking about the consecutive game streak that Lou Gehrig held for a number of years. Well, that um, that record was broken on on September 6, 2000, uh, 2000 and oh, 1995, when Cal Ripken, when he stepped out and started um, that game, he went on to set the new record for consecutive games played at 2,131. And I remember that game because I watched it. Cal Ripken ended up not only breaking the record, but then also had a great performance at the plate, hitting a solo home run in a winning effort, three to two over the uh, Ana- over the Anaheim Angels. Um, Cal Ripken would go on to uh, set a new consecutive game record after he played his 2,632nd game, and that's where he uh, it was broken. But his streak spanned over six. Season and now that record has been said that it will not ever be broken. So congratulations to Cal Ripken. 21 years ago, they made history with uh, the consecutive games streak, and to this day, again, to this day, no one has even come close to even trying to eclipse. That record of 2,631 2, games. So, Cal Ripken will forever be in the record book as uh, as the true Iron Man of Major League Baseball. And uh, that is your quick three for the season. Well, you know what? I actually want to kick this show off. Since you left off on baseball, let's actually get into the hunt for October. Indeed, we do need to get into the hunt for October, yes. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we kind of neglected baseball in the past few weeks, you know. Okay, so I'm looking at ESPN right now. If the season ended today for the National League, it will be the it will be the Washington Nationals versus the Los Angeles Dodgers. And it will be the winner of the St. Louis Cardinals versus the San Francisco Giants. The winner of that game would face the Chicago Cubs. On the American League side, we you will have Cle- the Boston Red Sox versus the Cleveland Indians, and for the wild card game, you will have the winner of the Baltimore versus Toronto series would face the Texas Rangers. So I'm looking at this American League East. Five, four teams are within two games of each other, like. I'm I'm just looking at the standards and like the season's not over yet. <laughs> you have Boston who has a very slim lead, like half a game lead over Toronto. Then you have Baltimore who's under Toronto who's only a game and a half. And as of right now, the New York Yankees are actually four games back. 
So this is this is going to be a very close race in this American League East. I mean, this honestly, this I'm surprised this is not getting as much hype as it should be. Because I mean, this this is really going to be something to watch. I mean, you have Boston who's barely holding on, who who are six and four in their last ten. You have Toronto who's lost three straight. Who are four and six in their last ten. You have the Orioles who who lost one game but who are six and four. You have the Yankees who won four straight in six and four in their last ten. This is going to be interesting. Because, <laughs> I mean, there's still a, a lot of time left for someone to close this thing out and walk yeah, away I mean, with this I'm... American League East title. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the standards, too, and you're right. The American League East is currently the most intriguing race uh, going on right now, uh, at least in the American League, because the Central, uh, Cleveland has a five-game lead. Uh, They have five games up on Detroit. But one thing about about baseball is that that five-game lead is not safe, and they can easily lose that. Not at all. So right now, Cleveland does have a comfortable where they are. Um, and then Texas currently has an eight-and-a-half game lead over Houston. And, again, that also could, you know, can change out of nowhere. But um, you look at – but one race that looks like it's so out of – they're so out of it right now is in the NL Central. Right now, Chicago currently has a 15-and-a-half game lead over the St. Louis Cardinals. That is absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. I mean, I'm looking at this like, shit. I mean, they might as well, I mean, honestly, at this point, they might as well go ahead and give them the division title because at this point, they've apparently clinched. I mean, yes, we still have a lot of baseball left, but uh, at the rate that the Chicago Cubs are playing at, I don't think St. Louis will catch up. They might get close, but not enough to actually catch up and contend for that division. I mean, we're yeah, right. pretty much on the final month of baseball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right now. I mean, Chicago's yeah, been on a roll. It's a done deal. They've been on a, they've been on a roll. Seven. They've won seven of the last. Uh, they've won seven of the last ten games. Uh, though they lost recently, but they're still holding on strong to that. While St. Louis, I mean, St. Louis is going on a run. He's won three straight recently, but I mean, it's going to take the Cubs making an epic collapse in order to for them to give up that division. And then right now, the Nationals uh, currently have an eight-game lead over the Mets for the NL East. Uh, they're actually playing right now at uh, Nash Park. And they're actually trailing the Atlanta Braves uh, two to one in the bottom of the sixth. Uh, Nationals are at bat with a runner on third, uh, one out, and um, they have Danny Espinosa currently at bat against Mike Fulmwitz, who has uh, been pitching and pitching pretty good against this uh, Atlanta against this uh, Nat team. But Nat's definitely trying to extend. Their uh, their lead in the division, uh, especially given the fact that the Mets, well, the Mets did win today in Cincinnati by a score six to three. So 
a win today will probably give the Nats a half, another half a game cushion uh, against the Mets. Uh, so, I mean, the NL East is, I mean, the only race that I feel as though is, is pretty much out of this is, is no, is no, is the NL Central. I mean, a 15 and a half yeah. game, uh, I think that that's, that, that might be a little too much to overcome for any team to, to overcome, especially a team like St. Louis, who has that championship pedigree and has won World Series. I just think that this might be too much, unless Chicago just has, like, one of the most epic collapses I've ever seen in baseball, which I've seen. Like the mess from a year, like the mess from a few years ago? Yep, Exactly. When they couldn't, when they couldn't close out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That that kind of collapse can, can happen, and you know, the Cubs need to be weary of that. They need to keep the pedal to the metal, and realize that this this, this division's not done yet. Until they until it says, yeah, you're division champ, you can't take the foot off the pedal yet. Okay, right now I think the Cubs aren't going to do it. They're not going to take the their foot off the pedal. Um, I don't think they're going to have that epic collapse. I'm not saying that it can't happen, but I don't think it will. Right now, they're just they're just killing shit. But since we're still on the subject of baseball, there's a great possibility possibility that the defending champion Kansas City Royals won't even make the wild card. What are your thoughts on that? That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Um, I mean, because last se- – I mean, two years ago, they snuck in to the playoffs and then really ran and ran and just ran with it to get to the World Series, World Series. two years ago. What they, barely, year, what they, they barely, went, barely lost. Barely and then last lost. year – then last year they made it and actually turned, went away with the uh, World Series. So, but yeah, you're right. Right now, they currently stand three and a half games back of the final wild card spot, which is currently being held by Baltimore uh, because of the fact it is being held by Baltimore. Toronto and Baltimore currently hold the last two spots in the um, AL, uh, the two spots for the wild card in the AL. Um, but again, they're in such a tight race for the AL East. There's no telling what could happen there. And, like I said, Kansas City is not that far out of it. Three and a half games, you can make that up uh, with a good run and some struggle. They will need a lot of struggle, though. (laughs) They will need a lot of struggle. Because you have teams like like, But here's here's what I say. As somebody who pays, pays attention to baseball, don't be surprised if Kansas City, if Kansas City, even though they're the defending champs, they sneak in. Don't be surprised, because that's just how unpredictable baseball is. Do not be surprised if they sneak in. Okay, I'm not going to take away the possibility, but I mean they will need the Blue Jays, the Orioles, the Yankees, the Detroit Tigers, and the Houston Astros to all choke all of a sudden. They will have to win out. Or at least finish with a, a go on a, a, a nice win streak and have the rest of those teams who suddenly choke. 
I guess. I mean, that's the beauty of baseball, my friend. Baseball. I mean, it can happen. Like, like that's what they said. If you ever watched the movie Angels in the Outfield, the remake of Angels in the Outfield, um, it, it can happen. It can happen. And I mean, like I said, Kansas City is not completely out of it. Three and a half games is not an insurmountable uh, deficit to come back from when you still have a month left in the season. Uh, that's not insurmountable. I mean, it's only insurmountable it's not the, if they just fly. It's not. All right. You're right. I mean, it's. I mean, three and a half games is nothing, but you have so many. You have a few other teams that's in front of you of getting, getting through that. But hey, we will see. This shall be interesting. This will be a definitely an interesting uh, final month of the season as the, the push to October. Uh, it's really revving up, really, really revving up, and it's going to be great to see what becomes of what becomes of, of these races. Um, but I definitely wanted to move on and do a preview of this Saturday's uh, upcoming UFC event, UFC 203, uh, Miyake versus Overeem, uh, which is taking place at the Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland, Ohio, which is um, – Stipers Miyoki's hometown. Um, the headlining match is, of course, uh, Miyoki uh, making his first defense of the UFC heavyweight championship against uh, uh, well-known heavyweight Alistair Overeem. Uh, another heavyweight bout taking place will be Fabricio Werdum taking on Travis Brown in the co-main event of that event, but I think a lot of people's eyes are going to be locked on uh, the match before the, the, the co-main event, which is the debut of former multiple-time world champion uh, world champion wrestler CM Punk making his debut at the 170-pound weight division facing uh, 2-0 Mickey Gall. Uh, so that's what everybody's looking at. Other matches on the card include Jimmy Rivera, facing Uriah Faber in a matchup of, uh, at the 135-pound division and the 115-pound division on the women's side. Uh, Jessica Andrade is going to be facing off against Joanne Calderwood, who has only lost one time in uh, UFC. So uh, it's looking like it's going to be a lot of experts saying this is an extremely stacked card for uh, UFC 201 in Cleveland. Uh, but let me ask you a question. Do you think that CM Punk is going to fall flat on his face with his, with this debut? Honestly, I'm not. I'm 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 50-50 with this. I mean, he has the ability to somewhat survive in mixed martial arts due to his skill set as a fighter and as a wrestler. However, coming into his debut match with no prior real mixed martial arts experience, I'm going to say he might, I mean, it can go either way. He can shock the world or he can get, completely get his ass kicked. I mean, this is not the same situation as Brock Lesnar because, I mean, Brock, before he came to UFC, he was, he was in mixed martial arts in a different uh, federation. So he was over Japan fighting. 
he was fighting with Force One, Force something. But yes, I mean Brock had experience going into UFC. We'll see him. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. What are your thoughts? Uh, honestly, I, I'm 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 right there with you. I'm fifty fifty on what CM Punk can and will do in his debut. I mean, he's had to push this debut back so many times due to in- various injuries mostly from his days wrestling, because he wrestled for so long, first on the indie circuit, then with Ring of Honor, uh, made an appearance in TNA, then did WWE for, for a few years. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see um, what he's going to do. Um, I don't know what he's going to do. It's just it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, this is a debut that's been delayed multiple times. Uh, now we finally get to see it. He's he's clear from all injuries. We finally get to see what CM Punk can do at the Octagon. I mean, it's going to be interesting. It's going to, hopefully, uh, it should be worth watching. History will be made this coming Saturday. Indeed, yes, indeed. Um, before we get, well, before we get into wrestling, just real, real, real quick, you guys, real quick. Um, if you guys out there listening are into, you know, doing pick'em leagues and everything like that, the Skybox has its own pick'em group on the Pigskin Pick'em on ESPN. Um, you can join the group and see if you can uh, see a weekly if you can outpick. Uh, not only our CEO poetry, but myself and Chill. Um, it's 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 a fun little game, and it'll definitely you know create some you know great great um, competition with our fans and as well as us. So you know, you know definitely check it out. Um, I believe if it's not already posted in our group CSOCS presents the Skybox, it will be. Uh, join up now because the season starts tomorrow night. So um, definitely want to get in your picks and um, join us and have let's have some fun and do some pickle. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean I, I already made my picks and it should be interesting. We will talk about those picks later on in the show. We will, but right now it's time to move on from mixed martial arts to wrestling. Uh, we are yeah, we're here. Yeah, we are less than a week away. Hell, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So we are four days away from the first SmackDown Live branded pay-per-view uh, backlash, which is scheduled to take place this Sunday night in Richmond, Virginia, uh, live on the WWE Network. Uh, it's going to be a um, – it's, it's looking to be a very stacked uh, card, uh, headlined by AJ Styles challenging – Dean Ambrose for the uh, WWE World Championship. Uh, two other championship, uh, three other championship matches taking place. Uh, Dolph Ziggler challenging The Miz for his Intercontinental Championship. Uh, a first ever women's six pack challenge to determine the first SmackDown Live Women's Champion. Uh, Becky Lynch, Naomi, uh, Nikki Bella, who recently made her return, Carmella. 
uh, Alexa Bliss and Natalya all vying to become the first SmackDown Women's Champion. And then the Tag Team Championship, which we need to discuss because the Tag Team Tournament has saw a very strange uh, turn of events uh, this past uh, Tuesday on SmackDown. So we're going to get to that before we get to Raw as Raw uh, rolls its way to its first brand to take with you, uh, Clash of Champions, later in September. Uh, Chills, you want to uh, touch on that a little bit? So, yes. Uh, this past, <laughs> this past <laughs> Tuesday, uh, pretty much yesterday, uh, America Alpha advanced to the finals to face Rhino, and he's later in the finals for the tag team, SmackDown Tag Team titles. However, after that match, we witnessed a tragic turn heel by the Usos that caused Justin Gable to get injured. Yes, um, the Usos finally made that, 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 that heel turn that a lot of people have been looking for for them. And uh, right now they are, um, they are, um, they are, they are, they Ended up losing to America Alpha in a squad in a quick squash, and then after the match, attacked American Alpha, causing an injury to Chad Gable. The MCL sprain. Uh, Shaven Man announced on their show Talking Smack, which comes on the network after SmackDown, saying that he would be out two to four weeks, which would therefore uh, eliminate American Alpha from the finals, which now leaves uh, an open spot. In the finals, uh, Chief Slater and Rhino defeated the Hype Bros to get that one spot, but now the Usos and the Hype Bros will face off in a match at Backlash with the winning team moving on to the finals to face Heath Slater and Rhino for not only the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, but in the case of Slater and Rhino, a victory for them gives Heath Slater a SmackDown contract. Okay. You notice how I've said I've became a fan of Heath, of Heath, Heath Slater as of late? Yeah. I've really been feeling his promos, the whole free agency thing, free agent thing. I love it. I love the gimmick. I will be rooting my ass off to see him win. Honestly, right now, he's become one of the hottest things in WWE. Hate to, I mean, let's just, let's be honest. He's become one of the hottest things in WWE. So right now, he since he's so hot, why not cash in on this new star that he has developed? I mean, yeah, him and Rhino have already shown that. They can do comedic promos together. I mean, the one at his home, the one with the cheese and crackers at his home was fucking epic. Yeah, it was. I love that one. It's awesome. I mean, it, I mean, it was it was it was very comedical. I mean, you don't need Rhino to do much. Just do some. Have Rhino do, shut the fuck up and do random shit like he did at the table eating the cheese and crackers. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, gave, I like gave, what they're he doing. He gave old girl. He gave he gave Renee Young that 
what's up, girl? Look, you know what I'm saying? It was like, yo, that was what's up. I know. He, he was eating the cracker. He, was, he gave her that look. He was like, what's up, girl? You know they got a little spot behind the trailer we can uh, go to real quick. He gave yeah. her that look. <laughs> like, yep, I got, I got a pocket yeah. full of rubbers. Let's go. And my homeboys do too, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yo, that's what's up. Yo, like I said, I would love to see, I would love to see uh, Slater and Rhino win the tag team titles. I would love it, and I'll probably be rooting for them too. But I think we know what the end result is going to be for this. I think we know. And yeah, we do. Much, you know, pretty much it's going to be. But um, yeah. But honestly. The hill turn was needed for the Usos, but I felt like it, it was too late. Because, I mean, even with the hill turn, I mean, it still doesn't change them for real. I mean, they're still the same. There's two, they're a tag team that do the same shit. Neither one of them have a fucking personality for real. Nothing about the Usos stand out. Hell, they can't even stand out from each other. If they was going to do a hill turn, I'd have had one of the Usos turn on the other one. But honestly, I think that's that's the direction that they wanna go. But eventually you wanna you're gonna have to end the whole free agent Keith Slater gimmick and why not do it and backlash. Have him win the tag team titles. Have him and Rhino hold on to him for a little while. And then hey, the American America Alpha gets healthy again. Or honestly, I think they're going to do it with the Usos because they're going to pretty much set it up to be a feud where American Alpha comes back seeking, venge- seeking vengeance and taking a title from them. But also, I want to say, I also want to say, I'm, I want to root for the Hype Bros too. Why? Yeah. Out of nowhere, them motherfuckers grew on me. Yeah. I mean, I was never really a big Zack Ryder fan, but the Hype Bros as a tag team grew on me. I mean, you have the you have Zack Zack Ryder with the former football player. <laughs> University of Maryland, I believe. So. I believe so. I, I, but, I will say this: like yeah. I watched, I watched the Hype Bros in, in, in NXT. It seems like you know that tag team combination really revived, not really revived Zack Ryder, not only the person but the character as well. Because you know before he went back down to NXT and seemed with Mojo Rawley, Zack Ryder was jobbing to everybody on superstars, and I'm pretty sure he was unhappy with what was going on. So he go, you know, NXT. Gets, goes down to NXT teams with Mojo and make the Hype Bros. And, I mean, they Hype Bros in NXT were one of the most over-tag teams in NXT. And I think that they definitely can get over on the main roster. I mean, a lot of people are still fans of Zack Ryder. Uh, and I think that, honestly, that they are they, – they could definitely have a run with the Tag Team Championship and um, really, really uh, – 
to be great with those past two championships. I really honestly think they can do that. I mean, to to be honest, uh, they are a good tag team, and I think they will eventually win a tag fighters. They should. I mean, they're a great tag team. They have good chemistry. They're entertaining as hell. And, I mean, they have so much charisma in the ring. Yeah. So to actually see them together and to have them together and actually put the belts on them would be the right thing to do. But I mean, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough one though. Uh, I I got a feeling they're gonna put the belts on the Usos so American Alpha could take could come back get their revenge and take the titles from them. I mean, that's the most logic thing. Knowing WWE, that's the most logic thing. But honestly, I I wouldn't be surprised if they threw in that swerve, or have, yeah, or have, or have, magically, you get you get you get American Alpha to just come out and interfere with the match. I mean, they don't gotta get the ring. Just have their music hit then on the top of the uh. Ramp and distracted Usos. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. That would be that would be good. Uh, and then one other match that we didn't discuss is you know they had the four championship matches, uh, but you also have uh, Bray Wyatt going one on one with uh, Randy Orton in what's been a pretty good tete a tete uh, promo wise between the two. What do you think about the uh, promo series that these two have had? Uh, going into this matchup, I mean the promo series was always going to be great. I mean it's good build up between two good superstars. However, like I'm not ready for another Randy Orton match yet. I've been seeing him get his ass kicked to Brock at SummerSlam. Uh, at this point, I'm, I would hope that they will put Bray over. For the simple fact that it's pretty much it's about his time for him to really step up to that main event level. I mean, they've toyed around with Bray for so long now, so it's pathetic. Now would be the perfect time to start building him up as a main eventer and have him challenge for the WWE. World Heavyweight Title. Okay. All right. Real quick. Uh, also, um, Dolphin, Dolphin, and um, Dolphin Miz for the, for the Intercontinental Title. Does Does Miz finally lose it here, or does the 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 Miz's uh, Intercontinental Championship World Tour continue? Okay. I think the world tour continues. I mean, the fact that they cooled Dolph off after SummerSlam, I don't, I think the world tour continues. I mean, right now, uh, The Miz has done, a, a, has done an amazing job as Intercontinental Champion. He's made that title so relevant that it's, Damn near more, oh, is more relevant 
than the WWE world title. <laughs> uh, right now, I think they continue with the world tour. I mean, Dolph, I don't want to see Dolph going for the IC title. Not at this point, not at this stage of his career. He deserves a legitimate world title run. I've said this for a long time, and I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, maybe he does end the Miz World Tour, but, I mean, he he's already been as a champ. I mean, y'all don't need to take him back, have him win that belt to try to push him again. When you've shown that he can be that main event guy. I mean, his, his promo series against fucking Dean Ambrose was fucking epic. Yeah, it was. I just want WWE to take the cuffs off of Dolph Ziggler, whatever beef they had from the past. Let that shit go and let this guy rumble the ball while he's still under 40 and still can move in the ring. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so let's. Real quick, let's get let's get more predictions on backlash before we talk about Raw and then move on. Um, women's six pack challenge. Who who walks away with the championship? Okay, um, I'm really I'm really going to stick to my original picks. My original picks are Becky Lynch and Naomi. I think those two really stand out the most to me. I mean. I'm not going to sleep on Dana Brooke or Natalia, but honestly, oh, Alexa Bliss. Damn, I I said the wrong name. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, she reminds me of her. I don't know why. Right. But, yeah, I mean, Alexa Bliss and uh, Natalia. I mean, Alexa Bliss, she can wrestle. I'll give her that. But uh, right now, nothing about her stands out to me from the rest of the women that's in this match. It's like they haven't fully developed her yet. They haven't really given her character any real image or personality. It's like she's still in the making of becoming something great. Unless they're going to turn her into another Beth Phoenix, but I doubt that. Uh, Natalia, uh, Natalia is not bad, but I don't think, I I just don't think they're going to put a belt on her. Charmella, Nikki Bella, that feud alone could be interesting, because, I mean, every time Nikki turns around, she's getting her ass beat. But uh, I think that feud is going to carry on for another pay-per-view, meaning either one of them will win that title. So I'm going to stick to my original picks. I'm going for the glow-in-the-dark cheerleader or the Irish last kicker. I would say some shit that's going to fuck you up. I would say some shit that's going to really fuck you up. I think the ties are going to come out of nowhere and win that title. And here's why. A lot of people are just sleeping on her. A lot of people are sleeping on her. Ever since she had the heel turn, you know, 
she has it, you know, and a lot of people have been got sleeping on her. I think she's going to come out of nowhere and win the belt. Now, having said that, I think my second choice is going to be Nikki Bella because of the feud that she's having with Carmella. I think that the championship being in play will add a little bit more intrigue to that, that, that rivalry, especially if Carmella tries to, you know, if, Car- if Carmella ends up being the one that gets pinned by Nikki to win the championship, you know, she'll start tormenting uh, Nikki Bella, and then Nikki will put the title up on the line against her and stuff like that. So my two are either Natalia or Nikki Bella. Nothing against the Irish last kicker. I love Becky Lynch. I am a big Becky Lynch fan. I just don't see her being champion right now. I've always said Naomi needs to run with the championship. I always have. She's so skilled in the ring. She has such great charisma. But I just don't think it's her time either. Alexa Bliss, she just came up on the main roster. I don't know if she's up there yet. Though that I mean, they, they put the belt on Finn even though he got injured. Uh, that's one thing. But I just don't think Alexa's going to get there. Uh, and uh, like I said Carmella nuts. Just nuts. I think that she'll stay in a feud with Nikki, and I think if Nikki wins the championship, it'll add more entry to that feud. But I think my, my top pick is going to be Natalia. I think Natalia comes out of nowhere and becomes the first SmackDown Women's Champion. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Becky Lynch does win it, being that she was the first woman drafted to SmackDown. I think it makes a lot of sense. But I honestly think it's going to be Natalia. Either Natalia or Nikki or Nikki Stella. Uh, Natalia, because it'll be that sleeper pick. It'll be that one pick that nobody thought of that will really bring heat on her. And then I think Nikki, because then they can really have an interesting program with Nikki and Carmella. Uh, so that's my pick. And um, finally, the world title match: AJ Styles versus Dean Ambrose. Does the face that runs the place on SmackDown actually become the face of SmackDown, or is Dean? So it's the lunatic uh, friend and uh, Ambrose Asylum continue to run the rule SmackDown. As much as I would like to see AJ win, I think I think that uh, Ambrose Asylum will retain the title. I mean, I just don't. I don't think they're going to put a belt on AJ yet. I could be wrong, but I think they're going to let Dean run with the belt just a little bit longer to try to build him up as a champion before they take the belt off of him. So right now, I'm going to have to go with Dean Ambrose here because I think they're trying to build him up as the face of SmackDown. They're trying to build him up as their champion. And what better way to do it by having him, putting him over against top talent. Here's my take on it. I, I like being a champion. I do. I do. I, lo- I like him as champion. He's definitely, you know, rolling with the championship. You know, he's still got that, that lunatic attitude, everything with it. You know, I, I'm digging it a lot. I'm digging it a lot. But I love what they're doing with AJ. The whole face that runs the place thing, how he's like fucking with people backstage. Like on Thursday, he took somebody's phone, thought he took a picture of him, a picture of the dude's family. He threw and broke the phone. I just think that AJ has so much heat on him 
you got to put the title on him now. He has all this speed on him, though he still gets some cheers. That's what makes it funny. That's what makes it so funny. AJ has all this speed and he's you know bullying people backstage because he's the face that runs the place, but he still is over and shit. He's got to put the title on AJ, so I think that they will put the title on AJ this Sunday. They will do it. I won't be surprised being retained, but I think AJ wins the title. I think AJ go gets the wins the title and really really um, you know takes takes that character to new heights with the championship. It'll almost be like how he was when he won the the TNA World Title when he was part of the um, Fortune faction uh, in TNA a a few years ago with Ric Flair. Oh yeah, I think it's gonna be something like that. We shall see. That's that's what I think. So let's move on to the red brand. Let's move move on to the red brand and Raw uh, this past Monday. Uh, saw some more storyline progression. Uh, KO started off the show. It is now the Kevin Owens show. He is the Universal Champion. Um, but it was interrupted by Seth Rollins, who was definitely embracing his uh, his newfound character as a face. Um, Seth Rollins ended up in a match, ended up almost getting suspended by Stephanie McMahon until Mick Foley intervened and said that. Uh, Seth Rollins would not be suspended. He would have a match. He would not only get a rematch against Kevin Owens at Clash of Champions, but then Seth Rollins would have a matchup against Chris Jericho, which is a pretty good, pretty good matchup. Um, that saw um, that saw Seth get the victory with the pedigree uh, to uh, get the victory. Uh, but they all, but now they've also added a new wrinkle. To this whole, this whole, this whole situation. Um, that wrinkle being your boy, <laughs> old, old greasy booty hair himself, could possibly be added to a matchup at Clash Champions and make it a triple threat match. I'm sure you got some thoughts on that. Okay, here are my thoughts. <laughs> here we go. First of all. K.O. and Seth Rollins need to do their own thing You do not need to throw booty hair in every angle Because honestly he doesn't fit into this angle Actually he does I mean He actually does For once he actually fits Because remember Okay because Triple H Yeah okay but but still I mean And Seth Rollins pinned him So he does fit so, but I that's mean, the, the match only thing that's keeping him in Roman, it, though. Yeah, but the only thing is that match hasn't been made yet. Roman Reigns has to win a match on this coming episode of Raw coming up in Baltimore. Or is it, yeah, in Baltimore um, coming up in order to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm just going to hope and pray it doesn't happen because honestly, I don't want to see Booty here in his match. I'm sorry. It's, no. <laughs> no, I feel you. I, I, I absolutely feel you. Like, he shouldn't be in this match at all. He shouldn't be in this match at all. He should He should be in mid-car hell 
where he belongs because of the fact that, you know, that, that wellness policies thing and everything like that. He should be a meat car hell, but I, I just have a feeling he's, he will get added to the fact because of the whole storyline of Triple H screwing him and, you know, him winning his way in, back into the title picture and all this other stuff. That's just me. That's just what I think. Yeah. And then uh, also, <sighs> another storyline that, that advanced was the uh, best of seven series between uh, Cesaro and Sheamus. Um, Sheamus winning with a bro kick on Monday night to take a 3-0 series lead um, on the on that matchup, and it looks looks as if uh, Cesaro could be pretty much uh, out of it, but today. Over in England at a live event for Raw over in England, Cesaro, fighting through his injury, uh, managed to get a victory over Sheamus to now finally get on the board in his best of seven series. So going into their next matchup this Monday, uh, Sheamus now has a 3-1 series lead uh, on, on Sheamus, you know, on Cesaro in this unique set, uh, best of seven series. Uh, so what do you think about this series? Do you think Sheamus will close it out this Monday, or do you think this might end up going to a seventh match? It's going to go to a seventh match. <laughs> it's going to go to a seventh match because, I mean, come on now. I mean, what's the point of making a best of seven and it doesn't go to seven? Uh, it No, it, it's going seven. That's all, That's all I need to say. Yeah, no, I agree, especially because uh, I actually read a story that said that there is a possibility that they're going to uh, write this storyline that, you know, Sheamus, that Sheamus goes to 3-0, looks like Cesaro's going to be out of it, his injury's going to keep him from winning the series, and then he makes his epic comeback and whatnot. Uh, I think it does go 7, but I think that it's going to be a toss-up on who wins it because there's talk that Cesaro's contract is coming up, and he may not want to resign because he's unhappy with his direction. Who knows? I would like to see Shane. I would like to see Cesaro win the series and actually get a legitimate uh, top title uh, opportunity because I think he deserves that. And I think this is the best way for them to make it happen. I mean, Sheamus has been a top champion on numerous occasions. Sheamus don't really need another run with that cha- with a top championship. I think Cesaro needs that run. Uh, he's starting to have yeah. more personality, more charisma. He's got he's over his I don't know what right now. Um, exactly. I mean, why wouldn't you give him, Why wouldn't you give him that shot? You know, give him that shot for Christ's sake. I mean, and WWE needs to stop playing. What about Bo Dallas though? What about Bo Dallas though? Came out and like with a sign saying Bo leaving Bo, and came out and basically beat the crap out of the, uh, that local jobber. I didn't get a chance to see that part. I didn't get a chance to really see it, so I can't really talk about it. But I've heard about it. Yeah, I think that they're really they're really trying to do something with Bo. Uh, finally, even you know after his whole when he first came out with the whole Bo Lee thing, and then he ended up with Social Outcast, got cast aside, and now he's coming back. I think they're finally doing something with Bo, and I I kind of like it. I want to see how you know how far they take this. Maybe they might take it to him, you know, winning the U.S. title. Hope maybe. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. But 
I like where I, I want to see where this goes. And then, you know, Bailey getting a victory over Charlotte, um, which was pretty good. But then with the shock of the night, though, which, you know, I think a lot of people didn't see it coming, was Sasha Banks coming out with her, with her bad news uh, promo. Yeah, I didn't. It's so much. It's so much. I didn't see. <laughs> okay. All right. So basically, what happened was earlier in the day, Sasha Banks tweeted out that she had some bad news uh, for the WWE universe, and that she was going to come out and uh, give her bad news. So she came out. Um, she came out, and she was you know reminiscing about you know wanting to be a wrestler, this, that, and third. Like, it was almost like she was giving a retirement speech. Dana mm-hmm. Brooke came out to interrupt, and next thing you know, Dana Brooke gets put into the, the backstabber into the bank statement, and Sasha Banks revealed that the bad news was that Charlotte was going to lose the Women's Championship at Clash Champions. So, essentially... Now, even though Bailey has made her claim to be the women's to have a shot at the women's championship and beat the women's champion on Raw, clean almost, Sasha Banks is going to be getting a rematch for the Raw Women's Championship at Clash of Champions against Charlotte uh, coming up in a few weeks. And you know what? I'm not mad about that at, at all. I'm not mad about that at all. I'm not either. I I I want to I want to see that. I want to see that match. Hopefully by then, you know, Sasha will be you know healed and she'll be able to take the title back and run with the championship. And then maybe her and Bailey can have another epic encounter later on in the year, like they did at NXT Brooklyn one, and then that Iron Woman match they had in the other takeover. I that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to. Uh, seeing those two go at it on the main roster. So I think a lot of people on the, who watch the main roster stuff and not really watch NXT, they'll be in for a treat watching those two go at it. Because those two are a freak. They tell such a great story in the ring. And I can't wait to see that. Right. But what, I, what I'm trying to figure out is, it's, you know, Clash Champions coming up. You already have your Universal title match pretty much that Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens with the possibility of Roman Reigns. Uh, you have your women's title match, uh, Sasha versus Charlotte, three. And then you have tag team title match of uh, Gallows and Anderson will get another shot at the New Day. But who in the hell is Rusev going to face at, uh, at Clash Champions? Now, remember, Rusev's been out the last couple weeks because uh, he and Lana went over to Bulgaria to get married, to do a wedding ceremony there, so he should be back this coming Monday. But who who's going to challenge him? Honestly, I don't know. That's a huge mystery. That's a huge question mark. I have a I have a name. I have a potential name who, who could challenge who would who might challenge Rusev for the U.S. title. Sami Zayn. That's a possibility. I think, I think, I think Sami Zayn might be the one. He really got much going for him right now, but I think that he can get into a program with Rusev. 
I think that it'll really, really put a shot on the U.S. title. And they may or may not put the title on him at Clash of Champions. I mean, he's, he's definitely he's definitely due. But I think that that's one name. That's the first thing that pops in my head when I think of, of a potential challenger for Rusev that's on the main roster is um, is Sami Zayn. Another name I think uh, that just just pops into my head is uh, Darren Young. Now, granted, he's got a few going on with Titus O'Neil. And I think the best way to enhance that view is to have Darren Young challenge for the United States title and Titus O'Neil cost him that title to really push on that view. So I think that's what the, I think that those, like those two names, Sami Zayn and, Di- and da- Darren Young, are at least the top of my list of people who should challenge for the uh, in my opinion. Okay, okay. Uh, we're going to finish this off because we really have to move on. Yep. Yep. Let's move on. We got to move on to to, to some other some, some other stuff we got going on here on um, on the skybox. Oh man, uh, did you catch any of those college games from this weekend? I I did not. Um, Saturday, I actually had a wedding to go to, and then I worked, so I didn't catch any of the of the games. But I did manage to catch um, the score. I, I did manage to see that Maryland just absolutely trounced the shit out of uh, Howard at home this past uh, weekend uh, by a score of fifty-two to thirteen, and they didn't throw a single passing touchdown at all. All their touchdowns came on the ground with the exception of one, which was a special teams touchdown, uh, 13-yard punt return for a touchdown. But uh, all their touchdowns came on the ground, and they basically just absolutely just ran over um, ran over Howard. Howard. And just a, just a, just a dominating performance. Uh, by All right. All right. I'm uh, I'm going to run over the scores from this past week from the from week one of the college of the 2016 college season. Number nine Tennessee beat Appalachian State 20 to 13. Louis number 19 Louisville beat Charlotte 70 to 14. 70. God damn. They scored 28 points in the first and second quarters. Friday, you have number eight, Stanford, who beat Kansas State 26-13. Michigan State beat number 12, Michigan State beat Furman uh, 28-13. Number 23, Baylor beat Northwestern State 55-7. That's up. Number one, Alabama beat number 20, U- USC, 52-6. to six. Shit. Number two, Clemson beats Auburn, 19-13. Number 15, Houston upsets number three, Oklahoma, 33-23. Wisconsin upsets number five, LSU, 16 to 14. 
Ohio State beats the crap. Number six, Ohio State beats the crap out of Bowling Green, 77-10. Number seven, Michigan no beats the crap out of Hawaii, 63-3. That don't make no sense. TCU escapes what you would say would would have been a shootout against South Dakota State, fifty-nine to forty-one. Washington, number fourteen, Washington beats Rutgers forty-eight to thirteen. Texas A&M upsets number sixteen UCLA thirty-one to twenty-four. Oh, number seventeen Iowa beats Miami of Ohio, 45-21. Number 18, Georgia, beats uh, number 22, North Carolina, uh, 33-24. Number 21, Oklahoma State, beats Southern Louisiana, 61. Southeastern Louisiana, 61-7. Number 24, Oregon, beats UC Davis, 53-28. to 28. Number 25, Florida, beats Massachusetts, 24-7. Texas upsets Notre Dame in overtime with a score of 50-47. And number four, beat, number four, Florida State, beats number 11, Ole Miss. 45 to 34. Those are your scores from the top, the top 25. And let's look at those standings as of now. And, uh, oh, wait. I'll go over the standings. I'll go over the standings real quick. I got them right here. Uh, Alabama actually do at too. Number one. Uh, Alabama sits at number one on the AP top 25. They received 54 first place votes to sit at number one, which is where they were last week. Uh, Clemson remains at number two uh, after their victory. Florida State moves up one. They got four first-place votes. They're now number three. Ohio State moves up two from number six to number four. Uh, Michigan moves up two as well to number five after receiving one first-place vote. Uh, Houston had a big jump. They were number 15 last week. They are now six in the nation. Uh, Stanford moved up one from eight to seven. Uh, Washington also had a big jump. They were number 14 last week. They are now eight in the standings. Georgia also had a big move. They moved up nine spots from 18 to nine. But some of the other big moves include Wisconsin and Texas. Both of those teams were unranked last week. Now, Wisconsin sits 10, Texas 11. Uh, Michigan State remains at 12. Louisville moves up six spots from 19 to 13. Oklahoma had had one of the biggest falls in the standings. After their upset loss, they now sit at, they fell 11 spots to number 14. Uh, TCU fell two to 15. Iowa moved up one to 16 from 17. Tennessee dropped eight spots from 9 to 17. Notre Dame also dropped eight spots from 10 to 18. Ole Miss, with their loss, dropped eight spots from 11 to 9. Texas A&M, unranked last week, now sits at number 20. 
LSU had the biggest drop of all the teams. They dropped 16 spots from number 5 to number 21. Oklahoma State, even though they won, dropped one from 21 to 22. Baylor remains at 23. Uh, Oregon remains at 24. And Miami cracked in top 25 after being unranked last week. That's, All that's right. amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. That Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma and LSU dropped so far in the AP polls uh, after that, that first loss. I mean, that's all it takes. All it takes. All it takes. Uh, so, looking forward to uh, another weekend of, of college football action. Uh, it'll begin Friday evening. Uh, when Syracuse hosts number 13 Louisville uh, at 8 p.m. And one of the highlighted matches of the um, of this coming weekend, it looks to be, um, let's see, uh, Virginia Tech is going to be facing number 17 Tennessee in Rocky Top. Uh, and Oregon will be hosting Virginia this coming, um, this coming weekend. Uh, Maryland is uh, looking like it's going to be. I think Maryland is not off. Maryland will be playing this weekend. Yes, Maryland will be will be visiting Florida International University uh, this coming weekend, uh, this Friday night. Uh, Michigan will be also in action, as well as Ohio State. So the majority of the top 25 will be in action this weekend. Uh, Maryland trying to gain some more ground early in the Big East standings, which right now they stand at number three in the East, behind uh, the two top, the two high-ranked uh, teams in their uh, division, Ohio State and Michigan. So, yeah, can't wait for that. All right, let's move on to football. Uh, as, as you know that as you know this week is the opening weekend for the NFL. Week one officially starts tomorrow night with the game with the Carolina Panthers uh, versus the Denver Broncos in a Super Bowl matchup at Denver. That will be the Thursday night game at eight thirty p.m. Now that we have football season, what do you first of all? What do you plan on watching the Monday night game at home, or are you going to go to a bar? Oh, Pittsburgh, Washington. Yeah. Nigga, I'm gonna be there. Oh sure, sure, sure. I got season tickets. I got season tickets. I'm gonna be there. Sure, should I'll possibly be at Buffalo Wild Wings. But, but, yeah, but. Yeah. I'm gonna be there. But. Next week, next Sunday, the 18th, I will be tailgating for the Redskins Cowboys game. Hey, yo, hey, dog, real talk, you got to let me know where you're going to be tailgating at because me and Wifey are going to be there for that game, too. Uh, I'll, bring, I'll bring the stogies, man. If you got the food, I'll bring the stogies, dog. Real shit. Well, actually, uh, 
this part of a tailgate party, so I actually had to pay fifteen dollars for the ticket. But oh, food, damn. food, drinks, food. I ain't tripping. Shoot, it covers. I don't got. It covers everything. I. It covers my food. I don't care. Well, you still need to find me though at that game, man. Either before the game or after the game, man. Smoke a cigar, especially after we after we win. You know what I'm saying? Smoke a cigar, talk some yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we I'll be in the green lot. I'll be in the green lot, so it's all good. All uh, right. Before we really kick off football and our predictions and the previews, let's talk Kaepernick. Why? Because we should. I'm sure everyone is aware of the stance that Colin Kaepernick has taken for the past couple of weeks now. Well, ever since he's taken that stance, his jersey sales have went up. He now has sold he's he's ranked number one right now as far as jersey sales online. Now he issued a statement saying that the money from the proceeds from his jersey will be donated to charity. That's what's up. Can we commend this brother for not only taking the stand but turning turning this into something that actually helps other people out now? You know what? We should. But you know what? People won't. Because I mean, people won't because they're bitter. They're over. They're still. They're still anal about the whole flag shit. Yeah, whatever. But at the same time, they're more upset with the the fact that he won't stay opposed to his reasons of his protest. That's the part that bothers me. Like, seriously. Well, well you said your piece. You said your piece on that last week, and I think people heard you on that. I don't think they have. <laughs> I don't think they have. But I mean, let's be realistic here. I mean, this guy comes out, takes a stance on something that he believes in. People attack the fact that he won't stand for the flag opposed for the reasons why he chose to do the stance in the first place. Like, are they that blind to see or they they're, – they're not blind. I'll take that back. They continue to ignore the issues in this country. What he did was that disrespectful to the flag. What he did wasn't that disrespectful to this country Because this country is disrespectful on a daily basis He stood up for something that he believed in A lot of people don't stand for the flag Or the playing of the national anthem So why single him out Because he did it on a pub, He did it on a On a bigger platform Right I'm just going to say this. Colin, Colin Kaepernick, thank you, brother. Continue to be great. Hopefully you'll get your starting job back. Okay. Now, you know what? And I actually do have a rant. So tonight's show might be longer than 90 minutes. 
a year. You know what? Yeah, tonight's show is going to be longer than 90 minutes because uh, it's going to take us more than 10, the 10 minutes and 45 seconds that we have left of the show to get through football. So, yeah, why not? You don't mind. Of course you don't. Of course not. Uh, we'll extend it just a little bit. Just a smidgen. Okay. All right, now. <clears throat> Where do we begin? Okay, we already mentioned the Thursday night game. Carolina at Denver, Super Bowl rematch. That game will be on NBC for Thursday night football. Uh, the schedule for Sunday's games. Your 1 o'clock games are Green Bay at Jacksonville, Buffalo at Baltimore, Chicago at Houston, Cleveland at Philadelphia, Tampa Bay at Atlanta, Minnesota at Tennessee, Cincinnati at New York Jets, Oakland at New Orleans, San Diego at Kansas City, Miami at Seattle, Detroit at Indianapolis, New York Giants at Dallas, New England at Arizona. But, of course, your Monday night matchup is a doubleheader. You have the you have Pittsburgh and Washington, and Los Angeles and San Francisco. The first game, Pittsburgh and Washington, will be at seven ten p.m. and Los Angeles and San Francisco will be at ten twenty p.m. Okay. Prediction. All right, prediction, prediction. Well, we we can go off the uh, the picks we made on the picks and pick them. Uh, we go we go have those documented. Instead of me writing them down yep. like I used to do. <laughs> yep. All right, so makes it a little easier. With, yeah, so we're gonna begin with the uh, Thursday night matchup, which is a, a rematch from this past year's Super Bowl. Uh, between the Broncos and the Panthers taking place uh, in Denver. Uh, I'm actually going with the Panthers on this one, and this is why. I I honestly think that they're going to they're gonna have a crawl, they're going to have a big chip on their shoulder, given the fact that that Denver defense smothered them uh, in that Super Bowl, and they're going to want to get, we want to get back. Second part of that is that Denver starting an unknown at quarterback. Uh, I just don't think that this kid is going to be ready because Carolina's defense is no slouch either. Uh, with Luke Keekley and them out there, I think that this is going to be a matchup that the Panthers can take, given the fact that they got a new quarterback and their defense is very smothering. Now, Denver's defense is good too, but I think Cam has already seen them and he knows what to expect. So I think Cam will have have something for him. So I'm pick I pick Carolina to to open the season with a victory over the Super Bowl champ. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Honestly, on the pick'em, on both pick'ems that I did, I picked Carolina. Why? Because I think they will come into the season with a chip on his shoulder. Here's the other reason. They have Calvin Benjamin returning. That's law. Campbell Cedric finally has. 
Tad will finally have that thousand yard receiver again. Then you have Devin Funches on the opposite end of Calvin Benjamin with Tad Ginn in a slot. With Greg Austin at tight end. Yeah, I I drafted Calvin Benjamin in a couple of my fantasy leagues. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do this season. So, with all that said, I think this Carolina team is going to come into this season with a chip on their shoulder, considering that they will be at full strength on an offensive end, especially for that passing attack. Another reason, I mean, I just think – think that Denver won't be ready for that game because Carolina will come in with that chip on their shoulder. They still might have a, a bit of a Super Bowl hangover. I'm not going to sleep on the Trevor Simeon factor. Yes, he has never seen the Panthers' defense, but the Panthers' defense has never seen him either. They don't know what he can do and what he can't do. That will be the sleeper factor of Denver winning, but I think Carolina will pull us out. They don't have anything on this kid, no film, anything. But I still will give Carolina the W. So we're both in agreement that Carolina gets the W to to open up the NFL season. All right, next, uh, early NFC South matchup. Uh, Tampa Bay led by second-year quarterback Jameis Winston going up against uh, Matty Ice and the Atlanta Falcons. Now, uh, Atlanta over in the offseason brought in uh, Mohamed Sanu from Cincinnati to basically complement Julio Jones uh, in the passing game. And they still they bring back uh, Devon, uh, Devontae Freeman, who was just an amazing stud at running back last year, who I'm still kicking myself that I dropped him on one of my fantasy teams, and he ended up having a 1,000-yard season. So um, my pick, I think that with Muhammad Sanu and a healthy Julio Jones, I just don't think uh, Tampa has anything for, for that passing attack, as well as the fact that Devontae Freeman is such a uh, well-rounded running back who's going to get a lot of the workload. Uh, I pick Atlanta to, to beat Tampa Bay in, in the Georgia Dome. Okay. I'm picking Tampa. Really? Even with Muhammad, even with Muhammad Sanu, even with a healthy Julio and a healthy Healthy, healthy, healthy. Tell us that boy name. The running back. I just got his name that quickly. Devontae Freeman? Freeman. Yeah, Freeman. I still, I'm still going to put Tampa Bay over in this game. For one, the way that Tampa Bay finished last season off, they got to a point where they became a solid team. That defense got tighter. That receiver core got well, it stayed the same, but Jameis got Jameis got better as a quarterback. Plus, you cannot you cannot overlook the factor of Doug Martin in the backfield. I mean, that's a guaranteed thousand yards right there. I'm looking at this Tampa Bay team. I mean, 
I, honestly, I think they're more of a established team than Atlanta. The Atlanta defense is still suspect. I mean, it's question marks all over. I mean, they still don't have a pass rush at all. While Tampa actually has one. I'm going to put Tampa over in this game. That's a that's a that's a pretty good pick. That's a pretty good pick. But I, I think Atlanta might do it here. Uh, next game, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, who had to deal with so many uh, injuries towards the tail end of last season, but they're getting some of their people back, including franchise quarterback uh, uh, Joe Flacco. Uh, Steve Smith's trying to make his way back from his Achilles uh, tendon injury. And with his age, it's going to be interesting. But they seem to have uh, figured it out with the air game, bringing in Kamar uh, Aiken as well as uh, Rashad Perriman. Uh, they're going up against hosting the Bills, who have, you know, bring back Tyrod Taylor and Sammy Watkins. Now, uh, the Ravens last season had the fewest interceptions of any team uh, last season, and Tyrod Taylor – uh, in a minimum of 300 attempts, had the fewest interceptions of any quarterback last season. So, if the like, so the way I see it, every everything points towards the Bills, given the fact that Tyrod Taylor doesn't throw too many interceptions, and the Ravens' uh, defense as, isn't as strong as it used to be. But I'm still picking the Ravens because they're bringing back Flacco. Uh, if Steve Smith does play and he's he's healthy, he's definitely a threat along with the rest of that receiving core. Um, I think that the Ravens will will take it. It'll be a close game, but I think the Ravens take this one. Okay, on this matchup, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens as well. The main reason why Terod Taylor's interception rate was so low was because. He mostly ran the ball. <laughs> that helps. He ran a lot during his first year as, as a Bills quarterback. I'm looking at this Bills team. I mean, I don't see too many additions to it. I don't see too many upgrades at some of the positions that they need. I mean, yes, they have Sammy Watkins. They have LaShawn McCoy. But I look on the other side. Of, I look at Baltimore, like okay, they they there's a chance that Steve Smith might come back, but they also have all these other options. Perryman, they still have Mike Wallace, who can stretch the field. They don't need him to be a number one. They just need him to be the deep threat that he's always been. They still have Aiken. And honestly, I think whoever I, I think that, and I think their run game will be enough to take the pressure off of Flacco. I think Baltimore is the more put together team in this situation. So I'm picking the Ravens. All right, so we're in agreement that the the Baltimore Ravens will be victorious uh, over the Bills next. Uh, the Chicago Bears will open the season on the road uh, in Houston, going up against the Houston Texans. 
Um, I'm picking Houston on this one uh, simply because, I mean, the Bears, the, in my opinion, the Bears are a mess. They, they lost uh, Forte in the offseason. Now they went and they got, uh, they have Jeremy Langford coming off his rookie season where he had seven touchdowns, but he's not a big play running back. Only one of his 158 carries that he had last season gained 20 yards. So he's uh, he's not really a big play running back. He's more of a grounded out because uh, he's a big bulky run, uh, running back. So he's more of a grounded out, get three or four yards here and there type, which will put a lot of uh, a lot more onus on Jay Cutler and the receiving core, who no longer have Martellus Bennett. Uh, out there, but they'll still have Alshon Jeffrey, the Jeffrey, and they'll break. They brought in Zach Miller uh, at tight end as well. Uh, but on the other side, Houston brought in. Um, they got a new quarterback in um, Osweiler, who looked pretty good in the um, preseason, and then Lamar Miller, who still has some some wipe left in his legs, uh, back there running back to replace Arian Foster, who went to Miami. So. Uh, I think that if J.J. Watt, I think the other factor is if J.J. Watt is healthy, Jay Cutler's in trouble. And I think that the Bears are going to lose this one, so I'm picking Houston. I'm going to agree with you on this. However, I think this is going to be one of those games that's going to be closer than most people think it will be. One reason for that is this is John Fox's second season in Chicago, that defense towards the end of last season started to look somewhat respectable. Now he's coming into year two. This defense is going to be something that that you cannot fuck with. Chicago does have Jeremy Langford, but I think he will be more of a factor for them for the simple fact that Kevin White then, first of all, pick from last season returns this year to take some of that pressure off of Sean Jeffrey and Zach Miller. He's another he's another guy that you would have to count for. But I look at Houston with everything that they've done on the, in the off season. They sign Oswaller. They bring in Lamar Miller. They, I mean, you still have the Andre Hopkins. They draft Will Fuller. This receipt, I mean, this team is already looking better. They already had the defense. They just needed pieces on offense to compete. Now I'm looking at this team, and, yeah, I think they can even be a legitimate contender in the AFC. My pick for this game will be the Houston Texans. So we're both in agreement that Houston uh, takes that one. All right, next, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, who have really, really uh, built up their offense, mostly the passing game, by bringing in uh, Brandon LaFell and then drafting Tyler Boyd uh, to add to Andy Dalton's weapons, along with uh, Gio, Gio Bernard. Uh, coming out of the backfield, and of course AJ Green. Uh, 
and then you have Jeremy Hill as well as in the backfield as well. Uh, you go on the, up against the Jets team who brought in Matt Forte in the offseason from Chicago to add to a, to add a running game to the combination of Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. I originally went with the Jets on this one, but I actually changed my mind, and I'm going with Cincinnati, simply because their offense looks so, so stout right now with, you know, two already two talented receivers in Green and uh, LaFell, and then you add in the rookie who's pretty, who is pretty talented in, in preseason. Uh, you add the two-headed running back monster of Jeremy Hill, who is going to be a pounded running back, uh, a pounded, pounded ground running back, and then Geo, who adds a change of pace and catch out of the backfield against a very porous uh, Jets defense. Uh, the, the Jets will have to be in a shoot. If this, if this is a shootout, I think the Jets might be able to edge them out, maybe. But at the same time, even if it's a shootout, I think the Bengals' defense is a lot more stout than the Jets' defense. So uh, the Bengals, I think, take this one. Okay. Um, first, the Jets' defense wasn't poor. They had a top ten D last year. Uh, but. I do agree with you on this pick. I am going to stick with uh, – I originally picked Cincinnati, and I'm going to stay with this pick for the simple fact that I just think they're the more proven team. I think this is – they're the most complete team out of the two. Uh, Fitzpra- uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, he had his holdout during the off during the majority of the off season. So, I mean, he did miss a lot of time in, in snaps. I mean, yes, he does have chemistry with the Jets receivers, Brandon Marshall and Aaron Decker. But I don't think – I think he's going to come back a little rusty in that game. Also, they lost the – they lost the – they lost the run game of Chris Ivory. I mean, they have Forte. But – this is two different running backs, two different running styles, two different ages. Forte, who just turned 30, who has mileage on him. Not saying that he won't be productive, but I don't think he's going to be that answer that they need at running back, especially at 30. Cincinnati, they have two running backs. One is going to run up the middle on you, and the other one is going to burn you from the outside and catch out of the backfield. I'm taking the Bengals. Well, we're in agreement on that one, too. All right, next. The Cleveland Browns, led by former number two overall pick RG3, will be heading into Philly to face the Eagles, who recently traded off Sam Bradford to Minnesota and now are going to start number two overall pick Carson Wentz at quarterback if he's healthy against the Cleveland Browns. Now, Cleveland will be without Josh Gordon the first four games of the season because he's serving out of suspension. But that don't mean that uh, Cleveland won't have something for the Eagles. I just don't trust Carson Wentz, who 
at one point during the preseason, it was considered that he probably wouldn't even dress for the first game, and now he's looking to be the starting quarterback for this team. He's coming off uh, dealing with Chip Kelly, um, the, the Chip Kelly experiment. I'm picking Cleveland. Cleveland, I think Cleveland is going to edge them out um, in this game. Point blank period. And once again, I agree with you. Why? Because, first of all, we don't even know if Carson Wentz is even going to start. There's a maybe, there's a maybe not. Either way, you have a rookie or a career backup. Right now, their quarterback situation doesn't look stable. Two, Philly still doesn't have much around them for them to be able to win. I mean, they have Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles. That defense is still a question mark. They're in a new offense with a new head coach. I just don't see it. Now, Cleveland, you can say the same thing because they do have a new head coach, but that offense is not new for RG3. That's the difference maker. It's the same offense that he that he supposedly couldn't understand, supposedly couldn't understand from Jay Gruden. But if you really see him in a preseason, okay, you see him, you see him doing things that he that he was told that he couldn't do here, like slide, read defenses, and so on. Oh yeah, and get rid of the ball. But also, I look at Cleveland. I mean. Even without Josh Gordon, you still have to look at Corey Coleman. You still have to worry about Tyrell Fryer. You still got to worry about Isaiah Crowell and Gary Barnage, the damn tight end, who's going to get open, who's going to get his. This Cleveland team has a left. I got him in one of my leagues, too, but this. Cleveland Browns team has a lot of weapons without Josh Gordon, and honestly, I think I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I do predict that the real Beckham Green will have a a solid season with the Eagles, though. But that's it. <laughs> All right, so we're in agreement on that one as well. So let's move on. I think we're going to probably be in agreement on this one too. Uh, Green Bay at Jacksonville. I think that. Yeah, it's pretty much – I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that uh, Aaron Rodgers getting uh, getting Jordy Nelson back after he tore his ACL last season, early in the season, early in the preseason last season. So, Jordy Nelson is going to be back. Uh, they're going to have him along with, uh, you know, as part of that receiving core. Uh, Eddie Lacy's uh, slimmed down and added more muscle, so – you know, he should be more effective as a running back. And they're going up against the Jacksonville defense. Uh, I mean, the Jacksonville defense has is more talented than it was a season ago after picking uh, Jalen Ramsey with the fifth overall pick. Uh, and then uh, got Miles Jack in the second round after he fell. And then their third overall pick in 2014, Dante Fowler Jr. coming back from a torn ACL. Uh, they, they, their defense was a little stronger. Uh, the Jacks also added Chris Ivory to their offense in the uh, backfield. 
but I just there's just no way in the world I see Jacksonville even at home uh, doing anything against Aaron Rodgers in that offense. So I, I'm picking Green Bay on this. I'm going to pick Green Bay, but I think this I think this game is going to be closer than a lot of people think it will be. This Jacksonville Jaguar team has a pretty solid offense. Remember, last season they had two 1,000-yard receivers with Allen Hearns and Allen Robinson. Then you add Julius Tom, Thomas, who came on, came into his own towards the end of last season. He's going to be another threat for them. Then you have Chris Avery out of the backfield, who's going to take the pressure off of Blake Bortles. So, Bortles. So, I think this Jacksonville team will be something special. I'm not going to give them a week uh, week one win, but I will say this. This game will be better than most people expect it will be. I don't want to go on a limb and say it's going to be a shootout, but it's not going to be a blowout. It's not going to be a blowout, but I just I think that that Green Bay will will take it, but I think Jacksonville will. will oh yeah, I mean that's I mean that's an automatic we'll given. It, we'll make it competitive. They'll make it competitive though. Uh, next, we go down to Tennessee, uh, Minnesota, who lost uh, Teddy Bridgewater during the off during the preseason to a devastating knee injury, heading to Tennessee to face the Titans. Um, now, remember, Minnesota won their division last season out of nowhere, uh, got Adrian Peterson back for another season, and will most likely be the, the, the focal point of the offense. Uh, Sam Bradford is now going to be the starting quarterback there, uh, taking over for Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, and they're going up against a Tennessee Titans team that added in DeMarco Murray to help take some of the pressure off of uh, Marcus Mariota, uh, and uh, also they went out and got uh, uh, Derrick Henry with the second with a second round pick to um, also be a part of that running attack. It looks like Tennessee's trying to become more of a running team, adding in DeMarco Murray and uh, drafting uh, Derrick Henry. But um, even though Minnesota does have uh, Sam oh my knees Bradford starting. I think that Minnesota will take this 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 game against Tennessee. I, I think they I think they take this one. Alright, this was actually a hard pick for me. Um because Tennessee has gotten a lot better. That defense has gotten better. They have more weapons around Marcus Mariota. That two-headed monster that they have in the backfield is going to wear down a lot of teams, especially in that AFC South division. But I'm still going to stick to Minnesota for the simple fact that, one, they have Adrian Peterson. Two, they have the better of the two. They have a better defense than Tennessee. Three, they have enough with Sam Bradford to just manage the game for them to win. I'm not predicting they'll put up a lot of points. But if they can do enough where Sam Bradford can doesn't have to do much and re- let that defense rest up, oh, 
Minnesota, Minnesota all the way. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. Minnesota definitely will take that one. But I think it'll be a very close game between the two teams. Uh, Chargers. Uh, taking place in Kansas City. Uh, I'm picking the Bolts, but I think it's going to be a very tough one for them. Uh, Casey's defense is still, you know, it's, it's a pretty stout defense. Uh, but I think San Diego with Danny Woodhead uh, being uh, being in there, out, coming out of the backfield as a receiver. Uh, they added Travis Benjamin to their receiving core. Um to help out uh, Philip Rivers, uh, they also have uh, Melvin Gordon back there. Um, even though they need more out of him, and they're bringing back Keenan Allen, uh, I think that'll be a little bit more than KC can handle. Jamal Shaw's may not even play this game because he's still coming back from his uh, torn ACL, his ACL injury last season. Uh, and even though I mean they had Spencer Ware, who last season. Uh, had two touchdowns against them in their first uh, meeting last in November, and then eight carries for 52 yards when they faced each other again in December. So uh, San Diego's going to have a handful at the running back position, but I think they take this. I'm going Kansas City. Nothing against San Diego, but I still don't think they have enough. They don't have enough to beat Kansas City. That defense will... Their defense hasn't lost anything, except for Sean Smith. But overall, that defense hasn't lost anything. Offensively, you still have you still have Alex Smith at quarterback. They they have Jeremy Macklin, and they have a nut. They had they don't need Jamal Charles to win. They have charge. They have. West in the backfield, so I think Kansas City will be will pull off the win. All right, next the Raiders visiting the Saints in New Orleans. I'm just going. I'm not even going to explain this one. Uh, Oakland will make it a game because, uh, you know, Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree, those guys were awesome last year. And then uh, Latavius Murray, along with DeAndre Washington in the backfield. And then defensively, you know, Khalil Mack out there. But I think that with Kobe Fleener being added to the mix on, on, um, on the side of the Saints, I think that the Saints, with Mark Ingram and, and the backfield, I think they take this. I'm going to take the Oakland Raiders. Oh, really? If that New Orleans Saints defense is what it was last season, Drew Brees himself cannot carry that team over the hill. Especially if Oakland say F it and just run the ball. I'm sorry. Latavius Murray is a huge running back. The Saints don't have the type of defense to slow him down. Yes, they brought in Fleener to be that to be that receiver tight end that they lacked since they traded uh, Jimmy Graham. But I don't think the Saints. 
I don't think the Saints can slow down the Raiders. I mean, I look at that. I look at this Raiders team, and they're young. They're coming together, and they're they're showing that they can win. I don't. Plus, I'm looking at the Drew Brees factor as well. Drew Brees will be thirty. Was what thirty seven, thirty eight. You saw you saw a little bit of his age last season. This season, I don't think it'll, it'll be any better. I'm picking Oakland. There you go. All right. So we 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 have different opinions on that one. All right. Let's go to the late game. Uh, Seattle opens their season at home. They will be hosting the Miami Dolphins. Uh, of course, you know, everybody knows uh, Marshawn Lynch is uh, no longer uh, is no longer in the league. He retired. Uh, but they brought in, they have uh, Thomas Rawls, uh, who is reportedly healthy, getting ready to, um, to be the focal point of their run part of their offense. Uh, and then with Jimmy Graham coming back, Doug Baldwin, uh, it looks to be... Um, it looks to be a, a, a good, a decent matchup. Miami, you know, brought in, uh, of course, brought in Arian Foster, along with Jay Ajay to uh, handle the run game for Ryan Tannehill in that offense. Uh, I'm picking Seattle. You know what? I'm not even going to explain this I'm just going to say Seattle, and I did draft Thomas Rawls in one of my in one of my fantasy leagues. Well, I, hold up. I think I did it in two. But anyway, nice. let's move well, let's on through, to the let's, – Let's run Let's run through these last uh, four – these last four five games real quickly because we got like seven minutes left. Uh, yeah, I know. Cowboys, <laughs> Giants. Right, Cowboys, Giants, no explanation. I'm picking Dallas. I'm picking Dallas. I think Dak Prescott, his debut in the regular season – He'll be able to do something against uh, this Giants defense, uh, so I'm picking Dallas. I'm going to pick the Giants because Dak Prescott, he's seen first string defense, but he hasn't seen a real first string defense. What he's seen in the preseason was pretty much a vanilla defense. You had the starters, but there was no real pass rush. There was no real cover twos, cover threes. There was no – I mean, it was – he didn't see a real NFL defense. Now you put him under center in his NFL debut. Yes, he will be at home. But you got to look at this John's defense. I mean – I'm not going to say it's going to be a complete 180 from where it was last year, but they did add in a lot of pieces. Plus, they have they still have Steve Spagnuolo as their defensive coordinator. So there should be improvement there, enough where the New York Giants will come into Dallas, a place where – well, I'm not going to say a place where they've been able to win, but – I think that they will be able to pull out the win, especially against a rookie quarterback. All right. Plus, uh, I mean, it, 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 it still have Eli, so. Yeah, there you go. 
right, so next, Colts-Lions. Uh, I'm picking the Colts. Andrew Luck is, is on the comeback. Uh, Detroit don't have Megatron no more. Uh, though they got Golden State, they don't got Megatron. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go with, I gotta go with Indianapolis. Okay, yes, they did bring in a, they did bring in a, another receiver from Cincinnati, but I'm going with Indianapolis because Andrew Luck will, yeah, Marvin Jones. But uh, I'm going with Indianapolis because Andrew Luck is going to be 100. So, all right. Yeah, they uh, Detroit bought in uh, Marvin Jones and Anquan Bolden, but I just think that yeah, it's Andrew Luck got T.Y. Hilton and uh, Dante Moncrief. I think it's gonna be it's in the other way. Sunday night game. Sunday night game. Wait, wait, we we Arizona Cardinals. I'm taking Arizona. I'm taking Arizona. I'm taking the I'm Patriots. To take, I think Jimmy. I'm I think, taking Arizona. I think Jimmy. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do something this game. He looked good in preseason, so I think I'm going to take. I'm going to take. I'm going to take the uh, the Patriots on this one. Um. All right. Red I'm not Steelers. sleeping on. I'm not sleeping on Jimmy. I'm not sleeping on Jimmy. Only reason I'm really picking Arizona is because they will have a healthy Tyron Matthew. Meaning their defense will be able to force turnovers again. I think Jimmy will do great, but New England at Arizona against a healthy Arizona defense, I like my chances with Arizona. It's going to be an interesting game. New England will win a few games. Will win three out of the four games without Tom Brady, but I don't think this is going to be the one, be one of them. All right, Redskins, Steelers. I'm picking the Redskins. Uh, Steelers defense. Uh, I don't know if they got. I don't think they have it in their secondary to face all the weapons that they gonna that the Redskins have. I think the Redskins take this one uh, at home. And it's gonna be loud at FedEx Field. I'm going to pick the Washington Redskins as well. The steel curtain hasn't been a steel curtain. It's more like a pipe cleaner. Final game. Los Angeles Rams, led by well, they'll be led by I don't know who's gonna be a quarterback, but they got Todd Gurley back there at running back. But you got um, well, Case Keenum is gonna be your starting quarterback for the Rams. On the opposite side, Chip Kelly's uh, booty to offense, led by Blaine Gabbert. But they're gonna have Carlos Hyde in the backfield. I'm picking San Fran. Because I don't see Case Keenum winning the game for them, at least not this game. I'm going to take the Rams. <laughs> this was actually another hard pick for me. But I'm going to take the Rams due to the fact that they will have a healthy Todd Gurley to start the season. Their receiver core is somewhat decent. And they also, they still have a solid defense. I mean, San Fran has a defense, but I think I think the Rams might be the better team in this game. 
And those are our picks and predictions for this week. We also, oh, you already promoted uh, the Skybox Pick'em League. That's right. Uh, I, uh, we'll put the, the link up in, in our group so you can join in and you can pick against myself, uh, Chill, as well as our CEO. See if you, you can pick, you know, if you agree with some of our picks, disagree, however you want to do it, you know, just get jump on in there. We'll make sure we put the, the league in there so you can jump in there and, and join us. Yep, yep. But it's been real, y'all. We gave y'all extra 30 minutes. But now we got to go. We will see you all. We will see you all again next Wednesday and every Wednesday night. At 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Central. It's been real, y'all. You didn't even give us your rant either. You know what? I'll save it for next week. <laughs> True. I'll save it for next week. There you go. We'll see y'all next week. And stay tuned. And by the way, stay tuned. We're going to have some news on uh, when my check is returning. So just stay tuned for that. This will be fun. Alright, it's all right, y'all. It's been real. Catch y'all next week. All of Peace out. Thank <laughs> you.